All right, folks, you can have a seat. Um, if you have a Bible with you, uh, turn to Acts chapter 1, the book of Acts chapter 1. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I think we have the scripture on, on the screen, or we will a little bit. And uh, just let me, I want to share some of my heart today and where God, I believe, is taking us as a church. And I guess probably the best place to start is to say, man, 2020, I, I don't know about you, I'm glad it's over. Uh, I, I'd rather have another different kind of year here, 2021. But I was, I was thinking about 2020 and all that has happened, and I just jotted down these things that I know has, has happened. Some of these things have happened to us, and some of them have happened to you. And uh, For instance, uh, weddings. Uh, so many weddings have been canceled. Many of you were going to go somewhere for somebody's wedding that didn't happen or it's being postponed. Travel plans got decimated. Um, Babies were born during uh, this time. We, we had two COVID grandbabies in our family, and it was awful. Uh, we weren't allowed to touch them. In fact, in one case, I don't even think we were allowed to look at them uh, because they might catch something. Um, and, and, but, you know, we're, we're through that now. Uh, illnesses. been a lot of illnesses, obviously, many COVID-related, some not uh, COVID-related. Uh, but even then... Getting into hospitals was very complicated. Some people didn't go to hospitals when they needed to because they heard all the terrible stories. The economy, go, I mean, that is still unfolding every day. Jobs, working from home, how's that going? Um, those of you who are husband and wife and, and you've been working outside the home and now you're both working in the home, uh, Y'all love each other still, you know, and, and then you mix in. We have families that are doing this. Both parents are home, and then they have to also school their children on a computer. And uh, I am so thankful that it's not us, not me, um, and uh, our kids would just be totally illiterate if that, if that had to happen, if I were in charge. Um, Church services. We haven't had a church service in, in over 10 months, and that's been a drag. Marriages are, have been strained through all of this. It's, it's just, I mean, all these things are going on. And one, probably the most painful thing that I've witnessed uh, from, from people has to do with what has happened with the elderly in our culture through all of this mess. I mean, we, we have a, uh, a dear brother is part of our church, and his father got COVID and uh, was in a nursing home, and his mother and father were both in, in the same nursing home, and they put him in a ward, and, and the guy from our church couldn't see his father, his wife couldn't see him, he died all alone, and it, we've seen, heard story after story of, of just this awful mess with the elderly. Some of you are dealing with situations like that right now in your own home, and, and some of you have taken in uh, an elderly person, a family member to, to take care of, and it's just like rocking your world, and others of you can't even get, you, you have to touch your, the hand of another person through a glass uh, to be able to connect with them. And, and so those are the things that just some of the things that we've been dealing with and, and uh, that we've never had to deal with in our entire lives. Everything is just turned completely upside down. And many days we're all wondering, what are we going to do? How do we, how do we deal with this? Where is God in all of this? And, and um, so I wanted to start this year with today uh, because I've been, those of you that have 
been paying attention to me, you know how I feel about about this 10-month hiatus and, and for the church and just where we've been. Uh, I truly believe that God wants to change us. He wants to change who the church is in our country. And, and this actually is going to end up uh, being, I think, one of the most powerful things that's ever happened to the church. When you look at it, you know, just when you look at it through through regular human eyes, it doesn't seem that way. But when you look at it spiritually, we've never had anything like this happen. Now, I've been... I've been in church uh, every Sunday almost for 67 years. I've been around a while, and, and I've never seen anything disrupt the church in our country like this has. This is like brand new to us. And I know that, that it's been horrible, it's been a mess, and everybody has different opinions about the way it's gone and whatever. That's okay. Um, where's God in all of this? Where, what is he doing? What is it that he wants to do? And so... I wish I could tell you I have the great plan. I, I know everything that's going on, but all I know is that God's really going to change us. And I also know that that brings a lot of fear in people because we don't like change. What's even worse is I don't even know necessarily what God wants to change yet. All I've known is, is, as we go through this is the church will change. We'll never be the same. And the only thing that God has really given me is to go to the book of Acts and let's start over. And it's, it's even worse than that. I, I, I really have only focused on the first two or three chapters of the book of Acts because I believe that this, this book and what God wants to teach us in this time, we're, we're about to experience a complete reset. And Honestly, even as I say that, my own soul longs for a reset. I, I want to, I just want to see <laughs> a, a spiritual reset in my own life, and I want to see a reset in your life, in the life of this church. And it doesn't mean that all the things we've done in the past are wrong or anything like that. I just think God has something new for us, something different for us. So I'm only going to share with you what I know. And I'll be the first one to tell you that I've got enough material for three or four weeks, okay? So after that, we're going to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to give us what we need to lead us where we need to go. So um, I, uh, today, I want, to, I want to just read to you, and I'll comment on these scriptures, the first 11 verses in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And... Um, I'm going to ask you to do something uh, as we start this, as we read this. I want you to move beyond all the other stuff, all the things that have gone wrong, all of 2020. I want, I want you to try to block it out for a little bit. I don't want you to think about what's going to happen in the future. I want you right here, right now, today, this day, this moment, and I want you to try to put yourself into the story of Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to walk us through that for a little bit this morning to just give you what I believe God is giving me. Acts was written by uh, Luke. And Luke was not one of the disciples, but he was a companion of Paul. He, uh, he's the only one of the writers of the gospel, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's the only one who was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. 
He has a unique perspective, and he is very, very detailed in his writing. So when we read things that come from Luke, uh, you get a lot of detail that you wouldn't typically get from another writer. So, he starts out in verse 1 of Acts chapter 1. In my first book, I told you Theophilus. Now, Theophilus is this guy that we don't know anything about. Uh, he's apparently a, a, a friend of Luke's. He could have been a benefactor of the gospel. But, but Luke wrote the book of Luke to Theophilus. So now he continues his writing in the book of Acts. In my first book, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. If you go to the last chapter of the book of Luke, you'll see that Luke uh, had a pretty abrupt end, but you're going to read much in the last part of that chapter that is identical to the first chapter in the book of Acts. And so you can, you can go back there and read it and then look at it verse 1 and 2 and 3, actually, and, and, and see everything repeated. Verse 3. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive because he has life, we have life. I, I, I want you to understand this is, this is almost impossible to, to fully grasp. You know, Jesus did a lot for us. I mean, he, he taught us, he gave to us, he gave his life. But the one thing that was accomplished that changes everything is he came back to life. If Jesus, if there wasn't the resurrection, if he wouldn't have that that. Jesus coming back to life moment, none of this would matter because there would be no life other than what we see today. We would just be, you know, existential human humanity walking around until we die. Because Jesus was alive, the Bible says that the same power that raised him from the dead is in us. Because of that power, we have an eternal spirit. We're, we're in this forever. We have life because of this. No matter what happens around us, no matter what has happened in the past, no matter where we find ourselves today, we are alive simply because Jesus is alive. And so when... when when Luke records this, he says he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He is saying to all of us, and you're alive too. No matter how bad things get, the Holy Spirit keeps alive God's purposes and plans and power for our lives. So as you sit here today or if you're sitting at home listening to this, God has a purpose and a plan and a destiny for your life, and he has power to give you for that life. You don't have to live the way you've always lived. You don't have to be where you've always been. You don't even have to know where you're going to go. But today you need to realize that that life is life that comes from him, 
And he has purpose for you and a plan and destiny. And he wants to give you power to carry out that life. The next sentence that Luke wrote tells you what it's about. He says, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So now we know what it is we're to be about. To my dear friends who are Christ followers, let me just say this. The plan for your life is not to get by. The plan for your life is not to just exist. The plan for your life is not, hey, i got to get a job, put food on the table, retire, and die. That is not a, that's not a great plan. I don't know if, you, if that's hit you yet. That is no way to live. You can't, you can't earn enough money to make it better. You can't be strong enough, healthy, wise to make it better. You, life goes beyond us. It's a transcendence that's incredible. That's what God has for you. It's what he has for me. So as you sit here with me today and we talk about this and we read about this, understand God has a plan and purpose and destiny and power for you so that you can be about the kingdom. Verse 4. Once, when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to save the baptized in the Holy Spirit thing for next Sunday. I, you know, and, and I've got to tell you, I have a unique perspective on this. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And so, so I got some teaching that maybe some of you didn't. I know a few of you here, James, you're one of those. You, you know, we, we grew up in the Pentecostal church, Josiah. We, we've seen some stuff, okay? And I know some crazy stuff, but I've also seen some incredibly powerful stuff. I'm going to share some of those things with you next week and, and, and share with you what God wants to do in and through us through the power of his Holy Spirit. But before we get there... There's a little phrase here that Luke gave us, and I want to just focus in on this. Do not leave Jerusalem. Do not leave Jerusalem. In other words, wait. Just wait. Now, this is just for us as a church, just for you and me. This is what 21 days of prayer and fasting are all about. It's about the wait. You see... <clears throat> We can't just go jump in our car and go about the kingdom. We can't just go try to do things just for the sake of doing it. Because we have to have something inside of us before we can do anything outside of us. Before we can do anything of kingdom value, we have to have something happen inside of us. And so right now for our church in this day and time, and again, we are in a very unique situation. We have never had what has happened in our country and in our church. We've never had anything like this happen ever before. So we are in a very unique setting. And I would implore you, let us wait together. Do not leave Jerusalem. Wait. Waiting is typically not on our agenda. I mean, we live in a world of not waiting. You just think of all the things that have been created over the last decade that, that are teaching, or that help us not to have to wait. We, 
you know, we already had fast food, uh, but, but there's so many other things. You can Google anything you want and get information on it, like, instantly. You, you, what are the things that you have instantly today that, that we never had before? There's so much, we just don't want to wait. We don't need to wait. And so you can have, you know, on-demand movies and, and stuff that's in the theater right now. You can have on your phone. It's, it's crazy, crazy time. But for this to work, we have to wait. And in our case, we're taking 21 days to wait, 21 days to pray, 21 days to have God do something in us that, that only he can do in us. So, verse 6, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. I think this is really interesting, and I'll tell you why. While we wait, Luke is reminding us here not to assume that we already know what we're waiting for. The, the, the followers of Jesus, you read on the 120 people who were in the upper room, they had no clue what was about to happen. They thought, as a matter of fact, they had been thinking, well, God's going to set up this kingdom on earth, and somehow we're going to be in this room, and we're going to be praying, and then there's going to be a whole bunch of people coming flying in on horses and a banner, and we're going to be put into the president's palace. We're going to be in charge, and this is so cool. They were not ready for what was about to happen. And it was totally different than anything they ever expected. I want to say to you that if you think you know what God wants, if you think you know what, what, what's supposed to happen, put it aside. Because chances are you do not know what God wants to do. You have no clue what change he wants to make. You know, we always think we know and we're always wondering, God, when are you going to do this? Or when are you going to do that? I don't even know if God's going to do that or wants to do that. You know, people of God have had a long tradition of believing we can predict God's next steps. And I'm going to bring up something that's a little sensitive, and I get this. But there were so many evangelical believers that just swore that the Republican Party was going to win the election. Right? And... and and I get it. I, you know, I, I understand those kinds of things. And if God is in charge, this is what would happen, right? Well, did no is the answer. Yeah, some people are still trying. I get it. But God's He thinks so much higher than this. This is politics. Jesus just don't get along. He does what He wants to do. And you and I need to be where he can do it in us and through us and not assume that we know what needs to happen. Verse 8. That was just, I don't know where that came from. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's just take a moment here. Luke knew when he wrote this, and obviously God inspired this. 
There's something that needed to happen to those people in the upper room. Uh, happen to them, happen in them. Something that would prepare them for what's next. What if we can't, in fact, it's not probable, it's, it's true. What if, what if we can't do what needs to be done? What if, what if we can't fulfill our destiny if God doesn't do something in us? I'm, I'm coming at this time and I, I hope I'm doing it in, in true humility. Um, I know that I can't lead this church if God doesn't do something in me. I don't have the ability. I'm just not good enough. I know that I can't lead a business the way I'm supposed to lead a business and honor God with that if God doesn't do something in me. I can give up my best shot. I can do all the things that I know to do, learn to do, but I can't live in power and destiny and purpose if something's not going on inside of me, if something's not happening in me. Some of you are trying to live your life being the person that you were 20 years ago. No change, no interruption, no, no, nothing that is vibrant today. There is something that God wants to do today in you and tomorrow, but right now we just need to focus on today. He wants to bring wholeness to our lives. He wants to, he wants to, we need to be our full selves, the way God has created us. We, we need to be healed from the mess of our past and the garbage. Those are things that need to happen inside of us. We need integrity. We need to have, a, there's too big of a gap between who we present and who we really are. And that gap needs to go away. We can't do, we, we, we can do our best to try to shrink the gap, but we don't have the power. God has the power to shrink the gap. We need power to do things. And yet, we try to do them in our own strength, our own power. We try to get people to do, you know, we manipulate to try to get people to do things when we really don't have the power to make things really happen in life. And that comes only from the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what Luke is trying to say. Just wait. Take time to wait. Don't pass this 21 days, let it go by without letting God just totally interrupt your life and change who you are. Verse 9. After saying this, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. They were angels, right? Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. Now, as you read through the book of Acts, and we're going to go beyond the first few chapters, but as you read through this, that it was required 
for the people to wait, but the whole picture of the book of Acts really has a lot to do with this man. These were the actions that the people of God took because God filled them with his Holy Spirit. And they, this whole thing, this whole movement in the book of Acts is all about the work of God's Spirit inside of people. And those people would go out in the power of God's Holy Spirit and change the world. So there is this movement thing that God wants us to do, but we can't do it if we aren't the person that we need to be. So that's all I'm going to read out of the book of Acts today. I want to say this. I want to close with this just to make this personal. We have been through a very difficult time. There's no getting around that. Even if you've had no encounter with COVID as a disease, um, it has had an impact on you. It's had an impact on me. It's, it is like we don't even understand things right now, right? You, you don't, things aren't making any sense. So we've all been through a challenge. I want to say this to us as people of God, to our church, change is about to happen. Change is going to happen. Now, I know when I say that, there are a lot of people who cringe uh, because you hate change. And I understand that. I, I'm not one of those. I, I live for change and drives people crazy. Um, this is a, a shakeup of what Greg wants or a shakeup of what we've always done. What has to change is the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's what has to change. The work of God in our lives. I don't believe we're yet ready for all of the change that God wants to bring. That's why we wait. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. Valuable, valuable time. But I want to make sure that you understand something that I think is extremely important. And that is the time right now, right here, means everything to what the future holds for the church, for our church, for you, for me. Don't miss this time. Don't glide over this and think, okay, we'll see you next time. Don't, don't do that. These 21 days are so important to our church. They're so important to me personally. Just in what God wants to do in me, it's important to you. This isn't something to just we we'll go through this as another series and then we'll no 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 no. We have an opportunity. I think God is giving us a great opportunity to experience something that we've never seen or felt or experienced before. A couple family members uh, gave me a a new gift, uh, a new book for Christmas, and it's uh, written by my friend Mark Batterson. Uh, it's called Win the Day. And I, I've only read the introduction, but I'm going to tell you, this is a book worth getting, uh, just because, well, because he's my friend. And uh, I think it's going to be really good. But he wrote something, and I wrote it down because I wanted to read 
this to you today, I think is so important. <clears throat> he, he starts out, he says, we feel overwhelmed by yesterday's mistakes. So let's just stop right there. There are some of you sitting here today saying, you know, God will change a lot of people. He's not going to change me. Never has. I've, I've just failed and I've failed and I've failed. So we feel overwhelmed by yesterday's mistakes and underqualified for tomorrow's opportunities. So we look at all of our mistakes and we say, well, I'm not going to be in that group over here because I've been over here. I want you to understand Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit does not show off with the people who don't make mistakes. He shows off in people whose lives have been decimated by sin and failure and messes. That's who, that's what God wants to do. He wants to rebuild people correctly with the power of his spirit and show off in your life. We feel overwhelmed by yesterday's mistakes, underqualified for tomorrow's opportunities. We feel so overwhelmed, so underqualified, that we're tempted to quit before we even start. And that's what many people do. Their lives are over before they ever begin. They stop living and start dying. Can I just have you think about that for a moment? That if we're not living with the life of Jesus Christ, with that life, that, that spirit that raised him from the dead, if we're not living with that, we've already started dying. We're in a state of decay. And, and, and if we don't understand what God wants to do in spite of our mistakes or our underqualifications, if we don't understand that, we are already dying. And so what we do is we disqualify ourselves from ever being used by God in a powerful way. And I don't think that that's what God wants us to do. I want us to stop right now today. I want you to arrest your thinking. Arrest your heart. And capture today. Right now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. Capture today. And if you don't do that, you could die. You can't change the past. You can't predict the future. I'm a visionary. I can see things that will never exist. I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. But I can choose how I want to live today. Let me ask a couple questions and then we're going to close. What do you not like about you right now? What is it that is a habit that drives you, that has consumed you? What is it about you that you wish had never happened or wish you were not like that? Or wish, wish, wish. Take today, just today, 
as you leave here today. Folks, as you turn off your televisions today, what would God want to change in you today? What can you do today that takes you one step closer to Jesus? Forget all the mess of the past. Forget all the future. What can you do today? That was what Luke was trying to talk about when he said, wait, don't leave, wait. I implore you to wait and let God do what he's going to do. I'm going to ask our band to come up and um, we're going to sing one song, get ready for communion. Again, if you're joining us from home for this time, um, I'm going to ask you to get your communion stuff ready. And um, we're going to we're going to receive communion together. But let's do it together. Uh, you guys can sing one song, Josiah, and, and then um, I'm just going to be here with you. I'm going to pray. I want you to pray and let um, God just kind of work in your heart and mind with the things that have been said this day and we're going to receive together. Uh, first time in 2021. So, um, can we go for it? All right.
In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. See, the body was given to us to remind us of what God did. The cup is to remind us of the agreement that we have with him, that he'll be here for us, he'll be with us, he'll give us what we need. And it says, do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's protect together.
his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.